Oh, hey, hero. Oh, Jesus. I got to cut that one out. <laughs> that was racist. All right. Okay. And we are here and back to get... Mitch, put your motherfucking phone on fucking vibrate. It's me, the Mitch, the Jew. Hello. <laughs> hey, it's only been 20 seconds and Mitch has already said two things that are pretty racist. Just want to go and throw that I out. I am there. Jewish. You're what? Jewish? Yes. I went to your wedding. I didn't see you stomping on any cups, bro. I didn't find out I was Jewish till after. <laughs> <laughs> 23 right. and me, bro. That brought a whole bunch of knowledge to my camp. Jesus. Oh, all right. Okay, I mean, let's get into it. I'm here with two of my boys. I'm here with Mitch Keith. Say hello, Mitch. Hello. All right, I'm here with Zan, just it, just Zan, say hello. I, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> All right, guys, this is Papa Don't Preach. This is our podcast where we are three regular dads coming together to talk about the world, how we deal with it with our families, and how we're going to pass on the right things to do to our kids or the wrong things. We're going to find out here, either if we're right or wrong. So today... We're going to be talking about defunding the police, abolishing the police, and police reform. But we're not going to get into that right now. Right now, I want to talk to you, stupid idiots. How you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm living the dream. You're living <laughs> the dream? Jeez, you yeah, have some work, fucked work. up dreams in, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, this reality that we live in right now in July 2020 is your dream? Uh, COVID. Don't have to see anyone face to face. I only have to talk to them over a microphone. Uh, I work from home. I see my wife and kid more hours than I ever would. Yeah, life's good. <laughs> I love this Fuck positive off. attitude. Of, I usually you. I would expect this from Zan, not from you, not from you, Mitch. Oh yeah, surprise, <laughs> surprise, bitch. <laughs> How about you, Zan? How you living? Uh, I'm not bad. Feeling lucky to you know yeah be okay looking for work but uh still still uh doing okay over here frustrated about everything going on and uh, trying to figure out how to uh reach over through this microphone and strangle mitch hey um (laughs) hey zan i'm gonna i'm gonna uh (laughs) i'm gonna text you this uh nice skit on snl it's called debbie debbie downer she can't have kids anymore. You want to strangle me through the mic? Come on want, through, player. You want to hear about my vegetable garden? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. SNM and tell me about your tomatoes. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to try and stop Mitch and Zan from killing each other. And we're going to be right back with more Papa Don't Preach. I'm going to leave it in. All right. We are back. We are back. All right. Uh, so towards the end of the episode, we're going to be talking about our segment, Papa's Pulpit, where we kind of give a little bit of a rant to talk about things that bug us, things that we like, just kind of a, a way for us to blow off some steam. But first, we're going to go into our main topic, which is police reform and the movement of defunding and or abolishing the police. Um, so... Just a little background, if you've been living under a rock, uh, amid the murder caught on tape for Officer Chauvin kneeling on George Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, eventually killing Mr. Floyd, Brother Floyd, as some of us call him, there has been a accelerant tossed into the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter movement, and have been nationwide calls for defunding and abolishing the police. Um, Mitch, as a white man, how do you feel about that? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a problem with the leaves? 
I love, I love cop. I love black man. Good night. No, but, <laughs> no, but I want to open up the floor to you guys real quick. And I want to see how you guys feel about the movement. Um, Mitch, uh, how do you feel about this whole movement about uh, defunding the police or abolishing the police? Well, I mean, like it, it, we see it two ways. Uh, it depends on how you take uh, the word defunding. Um, some look at it as education. Some look at it as uh, money being taken away um, towards what just the them actually being educated. Uh, pretty sure I just doubled down on what I just said. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, at the end of the day, I, I don't. I, I want to be able to, I wish I had an answer for any and all of this. Um, I definitely, a few facts that I've read um, to where police officers are only getting about 600 hours of training compared to a hairstylist that are getting about 1,500 hours of training. I think that's a big problem. <laughs> um, I think there needs to be bigger psyche evaluations, um, and I think it should be weekly on top of it. I don't think it should just be a one-time thing to where you're given a badge like, hey, you're good to go. Um, I think there needs to be some serious, serious thing, like serious changes that go on um, weekly with each person that holds a badge and a gun. Um, we are, I think as citizens too often seeing uh, everyone with a camera phone and, you know, seeing how often uh, people's rights are being violated, seeing people being taken advantage of regard, uh, you know, with color, uh, it's it's just such a giant problem. I I don't know where I don't know where to go with this. I I want it, it bugs me so much that I don't have an answer for it. I want it to be a lot easier than what it is, uh, but I really do think it starts with education. I don't think um I think police age should definitely you should not be able to become a police officer until you're at minimum. Uh, I, me personally, I want to say 30, but right now I think it's 21 and it shouldn't, it, it needs to go up to at least 25. Um, these are people that have not experienced life at all. Uh, they get a little bit of sense of empowerment and they take full advantage, uh, what we're seeing. Um, that there's, there's so many problems when it comes to this, it's it's really hard. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I wish I knew the answer. A lot of it drives me crazy though. But taking the police tests and seeing how easy they were, fuck. I mean, you have to you have to be a fucking dumb dumb to not pass. Yeah. And shit that took was supposed to take four hours. It took me an hour. Well, yeah. I mean, um, I'm gonna put it over to you Zan but just so we know um you know most most states uh the minimum age is like the age you have to be to be a police officer is 18 in California where we are right now it's uh 20 and then most of the other states I would say like about 25 other states are 21 so the minimum age varies between 18 and 21 before you become a police officer and I agree with you Mitch I think um that's a little bit too young to stick a gun in somebody's hand but your brain isn't even finished developing, but at, you don't at the same you at don't, the same at the same time at the, at the same time at the same time, I do think that you know where we are as you know as a country as humans, people are growing up a little faster, and they get, like you know we get hit with a real adult situations a little earlier, which I think enforces Mitch's point about education. And if you want to get into a cadet program at eighteen, that's great. But you, uh, you know, it should take a proper amount of time. It should take a year of training, a year of education. You should have some type of study in law or something like that. But uh, Zan, uh, what do you think uh, about defunding the police? Like, let me ask you the question. Like, do you think it's a good idea to defund the police? 
Yes, I do. I think, uh, like, going off what you guys are all saying, which is the facts, is that um, the police in America are not trained well enough or long enough, um, and then they are tasked with doing many jobs within their work that they aren't uh, suited for and don't have the, the right training for. And so with defunding the police, it takes money from um, uh, departments and reallocates that to um, local, municipi- <laughs> local municipalities um, to, to aid in, you know, mental, situ- uh, mental, uh, uh, I guess, mental, mental situations that come up with people, uh, nonviolent situations. Um, yeah, it, it needs to happen. Um, you know, yeah, the whole history of policing in the U.S. Um, is very dark. Um, and, you know, with technology and phones and people being able to record everything now, um, you know, a lot of the darkness is, is, you know, coming to light for everyone to see on, on their social media platforms. Um, you know, it, it needs to happen. Um, and the people that are fighting against it or hear the word defund the police and have knee-jerk reactions... Um, I, I listen. I think it's not the best name because it gives, it makes it easier for people who don't want to even pay attention to it to to say no to it or to fight against it. Um, but it's something that's definitely necessary. I mean, fuck, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's it's crazy. Um, the biggest thing I think in qualified immunity, where I believe in Denver they passed the law taking it away. Qualified immunity is a huge issue. Uh, and I think that's where we get a lot of these situations to where um, officers are acquitted of... Um, um, what Can you explain what qualified immunity means? Uh, okay, yeah. So roughly it is... Uh, it prevents uh, someone from bringing a civil suit against uh, a police officer. And if you do bring... If you are able to bring... The civil suit against them, it had the uh, that officer has has to have been charged, I believe charged or accused mm-hmm. of pretty much the exact same offense to almost a T um, that is similar that is the same as what this person bringing their suit against them is for. Is that, is that does that make sense? That's a kind so of you're- so you're saying that, like, let's say for argument says that a police officer who goes into a house and punches a woman in the face cannot be charged because he's never gone into a house and punched a woman in the face before. But if he walks into a house and punches, like, up, like, kicks a guy in the stomach, it would be different. I believe so. I mean, from what I'm looking up right now, it says the doctrine That's of qualified insane. immunity grants government officials. It's not just for police officers grants government officials performing discretionary functions immunity from civil suits unless the plaintiff shows that the official violated, in quotations, clearly established statutory or constitutional rights of which a reasonable person would have known. So there, So basically, if a, a cop can make the argument that he was doing his job and that's technically not a violation of that person's rights because he was doing his job and he's never been found guilty or in violation of doing that said thing before. Right. That's yeah. fucking nuts. So. It's nuts. And, and, but Denver, I believe just passed, passed the law. I think, um, getting rid of it. Uh, well, Zan, I just have a question. So do, have you ever heard of the British historian, uh, Lord Acton? I know the name. I don't know. So he, he made, what a, else uh, well, his, one of his biggest quotes was power tends to corrupt. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Now you you believe in that? I mean, I've a lot of examples that prove it. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. That, no, I was just that. It's just a. It's just a fucking question. Um. Yes. Uh. Toucan Sam once said. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's it's. No, it's, it's, true. A, it's a real question. Like power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Like it's a good quote. I believe it. 
you know, yeah. one thing, one thing that, you know, I know that we've been, we were talking a little bit about this before that, um, you know, I always try to make it clear to people in movements that any opposition to any movement will find a, re a reason to discredit that narrative. Mm -hmm. You know, when people start talking about the name of a movement, that's exactly the internal war they want people on the same side who are like-minded to fight. And I was talking about abolishing the police. That movement has been going, has been ongoing. It has transformed into defunding the police. Mm -hmm. Because when you say defund the police, I think personally, knee-jerk reaction is, what does that mean? And that means that in Los, like in Los Angeles, for example, billions of dollars being poured into the LAPD, billions of dollars is being poured into LAPD while schools are closing are defunded, and teachers are buying their own equipment while homelessness in Los Angeles is the most out of any other metropolitan city in the country while uh, drug facilities are being shut down while healthcare in our city for people are at risk while housing is unaffordable for people who are at risk while our streets are cracking, our roads are crumbling, our sewer system is from the 20s. It doesn't make sense. Uh, there was a study done by the New York Times that looked over how police spend their time. Over time. Uh, over time. Like, and That's where all their money you know, comes they, from, man. Their money comes, their, their money comes from overtime. But the, start, the thing that got me the worst, the thing that got me the worst was... Police spend 32 to 30%, uh, 37% of their time, and these are in the top metropolitan cities, uh, New Orleans, Sacramento, Montgomery County, and 37, 37 to 32, uh, 32 to 37% spend their time responding to non-criminal calls. Nine, uh, 13 to 19% are traffic. They have a category for property crime and other crime, which is between 19 and 12%. Proactive, that's when they're just driving down the street and they see somebody drinking a beer, uh, medical or other chasing dogs showing up to a house where somebody called nine one cause, uh, and the amp they show up first before an ambulance. And then three to 4% across the board is spent on violent crime. <laughs> now we're talking about rapes and investigating rapes. We're talking about homicides and murders and investigating those. We are talking about assaults. You know, um, what we all we when we have like renters insurance and there's property damage, the first thing they tell us to do is go to go get a police report. We go and get a police report not because we have to find like we want to find that person. We know that they're not going to find this person. They're not going to put any effort into finding this person. They're not going to investigate at all. We just need to get that turned into our insurance company so we can get a little compensation for something that we pay to protect. And when people say defunding the police, the idea of starting a conversation is the main goal because acting like any person in their right mind, acting like the police are here to protect and serve the community is just incorrect. They're not here to protect and serve the community. That's not what they do. Every single person I've ever met, and this is just my opinion and my personal experience, I've never had an encounter with a police officer where it wasn't either confrontational, where I felt protected, where I felt respected, where I felt heard. It just didn't happen. These guys come in like intimidating forces, and that's their point. That's mm -hmm. what the culture is. They don't look at us as equals. They look at us as vermin. They look at us as animals. And when I say us, I'm not just specifically talking about black people. I'm talking about the people that they are supposed to uh, that they're supposed to respond, help, civilians. and protect civilians. They treat us like dirt. It's because I think they're better than everyone. It's part of the culture, I think. Um, and then what we were talking about before is, you know, good cops don't necessarily get treated get treated very well within that culture, and a lot of them get pushed out. Um, yeah. I... I want to ask you, um, I'll start with you, Mitch, and then I'm going to come to you, Zan, because I want to see how you both feel about this. Um, 
you guys have all heard about the talk, you know, the talk that most African, most Latino families have with their kids about how to deal with the police and what, Mm -hmm. you know, racism looks like or anything like that looks like in, uh, in society today. I have been a strong believer that the talk should be a universal. Like I want to look at a world where the talk doesn't have to happen, but I've always thought that, you know, white people should be having to talk with their kids as well. Because one thing that I never realized until I talked, I spoke with one of my friends who was in the car with me when I got pulled over was just the, the, like I was in the car, I got pulled over. The cop was very aggressive from the get go. I did everything right. I kept my mouth shut. I had to get out of the car. I got my car searched. And one of my buddies that I was with was, I wouldn't say traumatized, but definitely shook, definitely shook and did not know what to do in that situation. And I always, I think that until things start to change, that that's something that white people should be having a talk with their kids that like, you know, you might have Mexican friends, you might have black friends, you might have Muslim friends, you might have friends of color. And you need to know that sometimes they're going to be treated differently than you. And it's your job to be prepared for that, to stick up for your friends, to make sure that you are de-escalating force, teach them how to speak to the cops, make sure they look out for one another and people that they care about. Because I never even thought of that. I never even thought of how crazy that must have been for somebody to witness without their personal interactions or with their blinders on of what the real world looks like and how that could affect them. I never even thought about that. And, you know, Mitch, I know that you have, I don't want to put your shit on blast, but you got a pretty mixed, mixed family. Like, do you, what do you think? Uh, my biggest thing is always record any interaction with police. Um, use your amendments, honestly. Um, did you ever read my, uh, the right to remain silent? Um, I had a, you know, I can really quickly, I can think of like one of my first interactions with police when I was young. Um, I had like a shitty 1992 Nissan Sentra and I had a, my, my, (laughs) my roof, like it sagged and there was a small hole and I got pulled over one time and I was pulled over for about four hours while they were just, you know, they, they knew drugs were in the car. And this is when I'm like 16 and I only played sports and never done a drug, never done anything, but they took a knife to, there was a small hole in my, uh, your Sentra. Yeah. We heard gross, but he cut it. Cause it sagged a little bit. So he thought something was in there and he legit put his knife up there and he cut it all the way through. And I remember thinking like, are you like, now that you didn't find anything, are you going to pay for anything? Are you going to pay for this? Like, that's my, my standpoint. And then my dad was like, well, Hey, you know, he thought you did this. He thought, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, but you know, I didn't like, why aren't you mad that this happened to me? Like that I was pulled over for four hours as a 16 year old kid, you know, regardless of white, black, fuck, I don't, it doesn't matter what, but I'm, you know, I sat outside from 11 to like 3 a.m. So that pissed me off. I think it wasn't until like I educated myself as, you know, me being now, uh, when it comes to sailor, like I said, it, it'll be, record everything you have the absolute right to do that other than that i i will teach her the constitution i will teach her that she like i will make sure she knows her rights that so at no point she is ever taken advantage of because unfortunately these days that is that's what cops do they are trained to ask questions to get you to do things that you don't have to do. And that's one, one, that's not right. 
if I haven't done anything wrong, you have no right to search me. You have no right to know my name. Unless you're going to give me your actual driver's license. So I know where you live. Cool. We could do that. Let me know okay. where you live. I, I, I just don't agree with that. Like, I will make sure that she knows exactly what she is supposed to do when it comes to it. And if they, as long as she knows her rights and they are, if they're detaining her unlawfully and they tell her if they, she doesn't do this, she's going to jail, then by all means, go ahead, do it, do what they say, make sure you have it reported and we'll go from there. I don't know what else to do. Have you, have you got, have you, Zan, have you thought any, have you got any thoughts on how you're going to be educating your daughter on police interactions? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, she, uh, I'm going to, we're going to make sure that we uh, explain her, her rights. Um, also, it's really important that she's aware that, you know, friends of her, hers that look differently and, you know, people from other backgrounds have different experiences with police. I think it's very important, not just with police, but with the system of the United States. Uh, we're going to educate her on the reality of what America is, good, bad. Um, and I think it's very important to do that because it builds empathy. We don't come out of the wombs with empathy. Empathy is something that we learn. Um, and it's very important that uh, we have the stocks where it's not just like, you know, this is what you do. Um, and this is, you know, when you are met with police or they, they you know, speak with you or pull you over. Um, it's important for them to be aware of, you know, the different experiences that other people have uh, with police. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is that, you know, knowing your rights in, in that can be seen as a threat to police even to where they get aggro. Like I've seen numerous videos where people are expressing their rights and, and doing it in a calm manner. And all that does is escalate it even more, especially if you're not white. Um, it's uh it's it's fucking tough man so you know until the culture changes uh within policing within how we see policing David, it's me <laughs> i'm still i'm still I'm doing, doing a podcast, podcast. <laughs> i'm doing my podcast with the guys mom mom not now <laughs> Hello, Joyce. I told you all you needed till twelve o'clock. She has to get the monitor for the mon for the, the charger for the monitor. Okay. Um, Joyce, hello, Joyce. <laughs> Mom, it's not Joyce. Joyce, is that you? Uncle Rico. <laughs> I can throw the football a quarter mile. Um, I mean, this conversation listen, Isabel makes me so be like sad. A little, you know, she's a little brown kid, um, and uh, that could have an effect. Yeah. yeah no it's you know one thing one thing that i think uh before uh before we uh we move on i want to make sure that uh i make this very very clear for people who aren't of color that obviously i don't want to have this conversation with my son oh shit uh, obviously i'm hoping that when he is of age there's some major reform one can um, fucking hope man you know, but the main thing that I want to pass, like the knowledge to pass over, that's like, um, I do disagree with one thing. I do think that some children, some, most children are born with empathy. Like, I do think that they, 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 they are very, very reflective of emotions. You know, when you're sad, they're sad. When you're happy, they're happy. They have sympathy. And, you know, um, no, but I know I, that, but no, but I know the that empathy comes from, they, they know when they like, they feel bad. Yeah, without, I, without I, you also, telling them, they feel uh, like they feel that sorry. Yeah, my like son is two years happening. old, and I used to play a game with him where I would fall down. I'd be I, I'd pretend to fall, and he would just walk over to me and start patting me on the back. Like I don't know where he learned it from. You know, I'm not sure if he right. saw I mean, some of it is genetics, but a big role of it, a lot of it from like you know, the stuff that oh. I've read is that it is it is learned also. Well, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, you're you're probably you're probably a hundred percent right. You know, I I know that they do mimic us. I'm, you know, if it is genetics, I hope I hope he has the same genes of 
I hope he ends up hating Mitch as well. You know, I hope he grows <laughs> up hating Mitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, is this because I'm white? Is this because uh, I'm yes. white and Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's because you're white and newly Jewish. Yes, <laughs> you're, you're full realized Jew. You now. don't uh, know what my people went through. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the the number one thing I'm going to teach uh, my son is you know just how to react, how to keep cool. You know, uh, we're not to uh, to kind of go full circle. Like cops aren't. Uh, they're not there to they're help. They're not tra- they, they they're not there to they, help. They, they they see they see that they are there. they they look at themselves as people who protect and serve, but I don't believe that's built into the culture. And mm. even in my numerous dealings with the police over simple either a bad registration or suspicion or coming up to a party, you know, they always come aggressive. It's very rare that you find somebody a police officer who shows up to a situation and makes sure it stays de-escalated, make sure right. that it's a peaceful interaction and that they do the job that they were, they showed up to do. And I want to pass that info to my son and let him know, like, I'm probably going to have his talk with him once he starts speaking, you know, cause right now police in our society are painted as these like, you know, badass lone ranger kind of cops that are like trust trying to do the right, right thing. You know, there's a, there's very there, we don't really have stories about what police culture is actually like. It's always like a fringe fucking movie, you know. Scorsese did The Departed, and it's just one guy who came in there to like you know infiltrate a one bad cop. You know, it wasn't the fucking department. But I mean, I can th- I can honestly think that uh, there are police officers when they first joined, they thought that they were going to be doing the right thing. And then I think they are easily, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Persuade? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to say corrupted, but I like persuade. Uh, Persuade into someone that's been doing a little bit longer and it's no longer, you know, trust thy neighbor. I mean, an example, so... Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but with George Floyd's situation, um, and you guys may know this, one of the officers who was holding him down by his legs, he, I think it was his third day on the job, and uh, I believe it was recorded that he, on two occasions while Chauvin was um, keeping his knee on his neck, uh, suggested uh, turning him over. And then also mentioned something about, uh, I think it's called erratic, um, erratic something to where when you're in like kind of a frightened state or a fight or flight, like, yeah, you kind of behave out of control. Um, and then Chauvin himself, I think just, you know, ignored him or, you know, told him, you know, that's why my knees kind of think or something along this, along those lines. Um. So I just bring that up because, like, that's I think is an example of this guy new to the force trying to, you know, maybe seeing something, but trying to say something, but then not trying to overstep their boundaries, boundaries yeah. because of his superior. Um, and yeah, you know, in those moments, you gotta, I think, you, you gotta fucking stand up more. Um, yeah, um, 100%. I believe the officer you were talking about is Alexander uh, Kang, he was a yeah. uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he, I think he was like s- uh, three months, three months as an officer. He was a cadet in uh, February 2019. I mean, but has anyone uh, like? He has no complaints know. on his record, nothing. Um, and you know, he is one of the silent people there that a, a right. didn't stand up, didn't do anything, and that's you know it's what it. we were talking about. Like, the, if you were to classify what a good cop would be, if Alexander put like let's say Alexander pushed Derek off of George Floyd and stopped him from getting murdered. He's fired. I I guarantee he wouldn't be on the force anymore. One hundred percent. No no ifs ands or buts about that. But you know, um, but just to end this all off before we go off the deep end and start talking about a bunch of other things. Um, what so what do you guys think? Should we uh should we defund the police in America? Should yes. we find? So that's a one yes from Zan. Mitch? 
Depends what you mean by defund. Okay, we have a maybe from Mitch. Oh, yeah. This is the definition. Give me the definition of defunding the police. Defunding the police is taking uh, money away from the people and reallocating those into the cities in the problematic say, say, areas say, that are right, underfunded. Oh, you don't you don't say it so fast. Say it again. So defunding the police means take, taking money away from active police departments now and redistributing those funds into other city programs that need it. Just like yes. Uh, yes. housing, yes. education. Okay. Yes. Yeah, while we're at it, we should stop fucking giving them military weapons. Uh, we can get into that in the, ne- uh, in the next segment. Um, but yeah. Next segment. I have my other no, no. things I want to talk about. Okay. All right. Well... <laughs> We're going to be right back while it's, uh, I want you guys to listen to this quick note from our sponsors. Ooh. I'm just joking. We don't have any sponsors, <laughs> but this is Papa Don't Preach. We'll be right back. Hey girls, it's me, Mitch, and I'm here to tell you. back all right this is our last segment of the cat the podcast uh this is a segment we call papa's pulpit this is where we stand and preach about something that's really irking us rubbing us the wrong way making us angry or we just want to rant about it um it's kind of you know the dad rant i'm going to go ahead to zan first zan what's on your mind um well this fourth of july that just happened um i don't know when this will be released but you know 2024th of july uh, it was not a very joyous occasion um, for many reasons, and I think that I'm I'm happy that it wasn't so joyous. I don't. That's how I kind of feel. Anyways, um, all of the goddamn fireworks going off in all of LA just ruined all the good air quality that COVID provided us uh, in a matter of like five fucking hours to where I wake up in the morning and it's fucking smoky still. Uh, and uh, yeah, it just really pissed me off and just reminds me of just the lack of foresight that we have to just blow a bunch of fucking shit up when there's a pandemic that uh, is breathing related, uh, a respiratory issue, excuse me. Um, you know, and the rest of the world's fucking burning, you know, and climate change and all that fun shit, you know, so just uh, after hearing a bunch of boom and explosions, open my door in the goddamn morning to go water my vegetables and see, uh, just smoke. So, you know, fuck. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> it is, it is pretty, it is you, pretty you, on you, brand. Your biggest yeah, problem was your vegetables. <laughs> I made a really nice arugula salad, picked some tomatoes. Prove it. Uh, well, I ate it already. <laughs> See? Only you, only you can be the judge and jury of that. Uh, well, I, just I mean, very, very well said, Zan. It was? Well. I'll have to listen back. <laughs> very well you're, said. He, you're not going to like very, what you heard. You're very angry about your vegetables <laughs> and the fireworks and the air I only vegetables because you would laugh. I just want yeah. to see you get <laughs> the, the only thing that these people know now is that your arugula salad was good. <laughs> <laughs> and no one else um, got to try it. Uh, All right, Mitch. Uh, Mitch, what's irking you? Tell, uh, tell you me. know, tell it's, it's, it's <laughs> what made it even more funnier with Zan's rant is it's, it's part of mine. Uh, just our government, not... Uh, our higher ups not being honest with us when it comes to uh, this COVID nineteen. Uh, latest thing I read today was they now think you can just be flat out like uh, that COVID could be sitting in the air, which is super annoying because everything that my wife suffers from anxiety, depression, 
you know, that's the last thing I fucking need. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to just go one day at a time. You know, I'm lucky enough to have a good job and, you know, still have it. But my God. Way to gloat. Way to gloat. Hey. Yeah, wh- where are you getting this information? <laughs> what? That's something my wife told me. I don't know. She probably just read a fucking. <laughs> she probably read a headline. Sorry, babe. I love you. <laughs> but um, no, I'm just tired of. I hate the situation that we're in right now. It's super shitty. I wish we had better people um, to put everyone's proper foot forward um, when it comes to everything. It's just, it's just, everything's frustrating to me, honestly, right now. You know, when it comes to our earlier conversations, how dumb people are. You know, when you hear people fucking scream, all lives matter, I want to slap them. When people don't believe COVID-19, they say it's not real either. I'm like, well, I know a few people that have it. Um, luckily, you know, they haven't passed or anything like that. But, yeah, it's just everything is fucking frustrating, man. I, I just want just give me the fucking truth, man. Stop hiding everything. It's the whole yeah, fucking, I mean, what's it called? Uh, what's the? What's starting to happen? What's the story where they pretend they that fucking aliens invaded? Uh, mm-hmm. War of the Worlds. What is it? War of the Worlds. Where they pretended? Is some movie? No, nah, I think it was a. No, uh, it, was a, it was like a. It was radio, like a. Yeah, it was the radio folks. podcast, and you know the whole fucking world. <laughs> fucking freaked out i'm not saying like i just but it's like that's the thing like how easily we can get to people and about people doing any of their own research and trying to figure out what's right what's wrong fuck the world bugs me that's my fucking rant fucking (laughs) just fucking i hate people i fucking hate i hate everything right now like this fucking sucks i want to believe that there's good but I, I want to see the I want to see the good that's actually supposed to be here. The good uh, there is there is good in the world. It's there is. just it's not as loud. That's no, I know, it. but that's my problem. Like it's not it's I'm not saying that there's not good out there. I would never say that. Like I know there's. I I'm, I'm talking to I'm talking to two for, great people right now. I would say for argument uh, for argument's sake that it's kind of our responsibility to amplify the good. And the positive in the world and fight for the injustice and for the people who can't fight for themselves because unfortunately in society that we live in right now it is very very hard why 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 is it hard why why is it so hard i I, i'm trying to understand why it's hard because no matter because uh, honestly no matter how good people are there's going to be bad people out there that's just the way the world world works you know there's going to be liars out there there's going to be cheaters out there but it, we have to protect each other, you know. And Agreed. if we this don't, makes me sad, if we don't stand silent, and we start fighting back, we start being vocal about these things. It'll be harder for those evil people to go unchallenged and unchecked. I hope but, so, man. I, I really, I really, honestly, from the deepest core of my heart, I hope that happens. I, I, I see the world getting better. I, the younger generation. I, you know, at, at one point I was just like, Jesus Christ, these are fucking bunch of dum-dums. But mm-hmm. you know what? It's a generation that sees a lot more than what these old folks see. <laughs> and uh, I'm just hoping, I just, I just hope, I hope everything changes, man. It's just, it's just terrible. I, I, I don't, I don't like this. I really don't. I'm scared for my kid, scared for your kid. I'm scared for my niece and nephews, and I'm scared for your fucking child. I I, I don't like it. I don't. Yeah, I, do. I don't. I, mean, I, I don't. It, I don't fucking like it. And I I want to think of a way to change it. I, I wish I I wish there was a fucking easy solution. I mean, I, I at the end of the day, I actually do think there's an easy solution, but. There, there is out there, and actually, we can talk about we can talk about that next week. I think that's actually going to be something that we're going to get into next week about the simple things we can do and 
uh, how we can like point our children actually in the right direction and start using the power of civilian, the power of organizing to help get the popular messages out there and stop getting silenced by the uh, very, very small minority of hate. Here, one quick, I want to add something real quick. There's a quote from about hope from DeRay uh, McKesson's book, uh, On the Other Side of Freedom. And the quote also is... Black Lives Matter activist. Yes. <laughs> the, oh, I thought that you were making a joke. <laughs> yeah. No. The, uh, uh, the quote is, hope is the belief that our tomorrow's can be better than our our today's one more hope, time hope is the belief that our tomorrows can be better than our today's hope like is it. not magic hope is work so you know we got to keep working at this shit true true that's all i like it obi what's bothering you yeah obi ajulu ikamafuna um well i want to talk about something serious for a second here um something that's been really bothering me and i think i've said it in passing to you guys before, uh, but uh, I feel really strongly about it. I was, uh, a few months ago, um, this just happened to me. I was uh, on my couch, turned on the TV. You know, I just got the new Disney Plus, and <laughs> it suggested a movie for me, and it was The Lion King. So I was like, oh, okay. Fuck you, I, my boss. I uh, I heard about this. You know, I loved The Lion King. I think we all loved The Lion King growing up. I think it was one of the best animated Disney films of all time. Preach. You know, fucking the ninja Rafiki at the end. Uh, the he inspired the, me to get into martial arts. Exactly. <laughs> the uh, the the Simba mark of the king they puts and he sneezes the little red powder off of his head um, when. I, I just, I really love that movie. And what pisses me off is this new version of The Lion King was probably the worst motherfucking thing I have ever seen in my fucking life. And it kind of put in perspective all of these, all this cash grab that Disney's doing right now by just redoing all these old animated movies that they used to have. And it, it looks like they're just hiring the most famous trending artists they can find at the time to yeah. read lines that were written two decades ago. They put these silly, stupid fucking tracks on. I mean, Billy Eichner can't fucking sing. Billy Eichner, he can't fucking sing. John Oliver can't fucking sing. Like, I'm watching this and like, I'm just letting you know, this movie happened to me. I didn't want to watch it. I, just, I could have just turned it off. Like it, I just sat there and it was happening to me. Like they took, they took facial expressions off all the characters. They were just computer generated animals. They called it live action, but they had computer generated animals with no live. facial expressions, fucking speaking their lines and not like, like they took all the fun out of the movie. They took all the emotion out of the fucking movie. When Mufasa died, it wasn't even fucking sad. Like he, nobody looked irked by it like the three fucking hyenas remember you had what was it it was uh fucking cheech and whoopee and the director was playing ed the one that was like like they had these funny fucking characters that were playing these serious parts and they took this movie they bent it over no lube and they stuck fucking (laughs) disney dicks right up its ass it was fucking terrible like I cannot tell, like, there's a duet by Childish Gambino and Beyonce. If you walked into a fucking store, back in my day, we had something called Tower Records. And if I walked into a Tower Records and it said, new track by Beyonce and Childish Childish Gambino, I'd be like, oh, this is about to slap. But the song that they put in this fucking movie, it just, it seems like they recorded different parts of the songs at different times and just stripped it to fucking together. You know the ninja part with Rafiki? Gone. Mm-hmm. Not in the fucking movie. Like, all of Rafiki's emotion, like, of being the crazy... It was all taken away. It was like they were making an... in, Like, a straight... It was... But we've already... Shame already, on Disney. Shame oh, on fucking Disney. Yeah, but it's not even just Disney, though. It's... it's Everyone's doing fucking just remakes. It's a cash I don't grab. mind... I don't mind the remakes. I don't mind the remakes... Like, 
you can redo Star Wars and make it for a whole new audience, put a bunch of different characters in there and tell a whole story and use the same storyline. Don't get me started with the fucking Star Wars. Motherfucking <laughs> They made the first Star Wars movie, the, the new Star Wars movie, the first one, The Force Awakens. They literally had the rebellion attacked by the fucking Empire and they blew up a Death Star. What? What? You're going to do that again? What the fuck? Like, hey, am I, like, hey, hey, only one uh, rant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'll be, okay. So, uh, <laughs> I just, to, to your I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. My, 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 my Disney fuck stock Disney. is doing better. <laughs> Zan, have you watched Avatar yet? Yeah. It's you, Burn Gully on Acid. You watched Avatar on Nickelodeon? Well, no, oh, he's talking oh, about no, Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't. What the fuck's wrong with you? Me? Yeah, yes. you. Yes, we've been talking uh, about this for literally like well over a month now. Um, <laughs> I haven't. I'm sorry. I started watching Hana on Amazon. Who the fuck yeah. cares? Okay, so oh, RoboCop and his daughter <laughs> they'll be fine <laughs> what i need you to do <laughs> is watch the last airbender from nickelodeon because it is one of the best animated series you'll ever see in your goddamn life can oh you just do that Dan. for me okay listen you got okay listen guys no. thank you for tuning in to papa don't preach <laughs> thank you for tuning in to papa don't preach uh we're gonna be back next week you can check out our uh podcast on spotify anchor and soon to be Apple Podcast. Um, this Big is Obi. Thanks. We got Mitch. We got Zan. I'll see everybody later, but I really got to talk to Zan about why have you been wasting your time and not watching Avatar? Yeah, bro. The, the, it, I, like, what? What's the reason? What is the reason? I don't have one. It's, well, make up an excuse, just like the rest of the world for everything else. Doesn't, I, doesn't <laughs> look great. But I'm open to take checking it out. You man. say it. You're open it to look- checking it out, but you haven't checked it out. Like honestly, let me let me give you the roller coaster ride right now. You're gonna oh, watch shit. either one. Obi. You're gonna- oh, okay. Obi. Yes. I can't hear Obi. Are you there? Oh fuck you. Are you fucking with you? Fuck you. Obi, are you there? Mom? Dad? <laughs> Uncle Joyce? Uncle Rico? <laughs> Joyce? I'm back. Here, go again. Let's hear you, son of a bitch. (laughs) I'll I'll give you the good play-by-play. Season one, season one sucks. You know that it's their first season. Don't you Um, say that. Don't you you say that. I'm just saying the animation. The animation is just a little. How you connected? And no, man. Just normal people have seen Avatar: The Last Airbender. You have not. I have not. There's I'm just telling you, it gets real in the middle of season two, and then season three is the best thing you've ever seen. Okay. There's an episode called Story of Bossing Say, rip your fucking heart out. Rip your fucking heart out, all right? It's an incredible episode. There's another episode called The Puppet Masters, which is fantastic. And there's another revenge story.